Welcome to the One Foot Down Podcast, Fighting Irish Fans. I am your spirit guide, site manager, Joshua Voles. And uh, this is not your regular One Foot Down Podcast with ND Fan Radio. Uh, just to put everybody's minds at ease, they will be recording their podcast Tuesday night, uh, probably late. And it should be up there late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning for you all. So no need to panic. Uh, you will hear the the bliss and joy of uh, victory, I'm sure, <laughs> coming from Wes and Martin uh, soon enough. Um, but with the bye, bye week, I wanted to uh, to jump on the podcast machine and, and come up with a few, uh, just a few episodes. Uh, you know, let's, let's uh, really dig in on, uh, you know, recruiting. Um, it's, it's been a really quiet season when it comes to recruiting. And why is that? And it's because, you know, Notre Dame's recruiting class is is basically full. I mean, you, you know, a few more spots, and we'll get into that in a few. But it has just been a, um, you know, a really quiet time. A lot of that has to do with with the new uh, early signing period. All your, um, all your time frames are, you know, kind of sped up and... And uh, so it's it's not quite what it used to be, and, the, and we're really just kind of adjusting. You know, it's it's you're figuring this out about um, how this is all going to go down, kind of on the fly. You know, the last year was the first year, so we kind of got a good sense of what's happening, and then uh, you know we can move forward. So I'm going to do uh, probably two of them this week. Uh, maybe I'll do the second one tomorrow uh, as well, but. Now, the first one's basically just going to be about this class uh, in itself. We're just going to run through some things, you know, no big deal. And then uh, on the next podcast, I'm going to dive in deep more on on the roster itself uh, as it relates to recruiting. Um, As you know, I I put together a a scholarship chart and all that, and I I really – that's a huge reference point to me about – the health of the team about how we could look moving forward and, you know, what's to come. Uh, it was Notre Dame started their season this year for the first time in freaking forever, uh, with an 85 man scholarship team. Uh, and you know, they signed a huge class, a 27 man class in February. And it was looking a little dicey. Now we've, all know about attrition at Notre Dame. It happens, but a lot of them had already happened, and it was getting dicey to those last couple of points. So the staff isn't ridiculous. They, I mean, they know more about what's going on than anybody, including any recruiting site reporter and all that about what's going on with, within their roster. So you know, extending those scholarships out. Notre Dame's not a school that's going to pull scholarships necessarily. Uh, T.J. Sheffield aside, uh, but. Um, you know, so like I said, we're, we're going to dive in and take a look at what the class is today. And like I said, tomorrow is going to be a whole different animal, um, about some different scenarios who could be looking at a fifth year. Who's not, uh, are there, could there be any possible transfers? And before I go for any farther, if you're listening to this and, you know, or tomorrow, especially, or the, the next podcast, I should say, especially, Please keep in mind that I am not trying to put down any of these kids at all. I have compl- just an enormous amount of respect 
for all these Notre Dame football players. And I have said many times over the years that, you know, regardless of our record as a football team, because the kid chose Notre Dame and is a Notre Dame player, I would not trade them for anybody in the country. I just, you know, whether that's just me being a, a total fan um, or just the kind of person I am, um, I just, I wouldn't, you know, I, each one of these guys, you know, I respect the hell out of, and they chose Notre Dame. So if they chose Notre Dame, I'm going to choose them, um, to be a part of this team as well. You know, uh, some guys may be better off somewhere else. And we'll get to, into that on the next podcast about, um, you know, as far as like fifth years and all that stuff, but you know, this is not meant to, you know, there, there will be some speculation, but it's not meant to, you know, disrespect anybody at all. Um, it is just a conversation because it's a conversation that should be had. I mean, it's that the stuff isn't simple and it's hard to understand. Uh, so, you know, we're going to try to understand it together. So after that uh, big old intro, let's, you know, let's dive right into it. All right. So right now, you know, Notre Dame's got 19 commitments. Uh, they just got one this this last weekend uh, from a cornerback, Isaiah Rutherford from California. Interestingly enough, from the Sacramento region, which has <laughs> been very unkind to Notre Dame over the past decade, maybe longer, who knows. Uh, you know, it's the T. Shepard, Deontay Greenberry. Um, uh, oh, what's his face? The kid that ended up at UCLA, Eddie Vanderdose. Uh, line, uh, the linebacker that uh, went to Oklahoma, the wide receiver. I mean, it's a lot of guys that Notre Dame was the number two, or they chose it, you know, chose Notre Dame and then flipped. And it's it's been a very, very strange area that Sacramento, you know, kind of area. So they got a good solid one, uh, Isaiah Rutherford. You know, uh, four-star recruit, um, really like his athleticism. I, I love watching his, uh, his highlights <laughs> and seeing him line up at fullback. Uh, he plays running back, but a couple of plays they had him lined up as a straight B back, you know, right behind the quarterback. Take it. And one of them was a trap was a like right through the one gap, which is a pretty slick, uh, it was a pretty slick run. I remember playing in high school. We had a, one of our fastest kids that we had on the team, uh, had him move up to uh, fullback and I just remember how devastating that trap run was with him uh, he just you know would blast right through that hole right after you know right after that uh, that guard pulled it was it was a uh, it was a great play anyway so I saw Rutherford do that and I, I was thinking about that he's got excellent speed excellent quickness can change direction and you know we'll, we're just we're going to start here on the with the secondary in this class Right now, Notre Dame has four commitments total. Uh, they have two safeties and two corners. I mean, you really can't. <laughs> that's a that's a good good number there, and you know. So they and not only that, but they're all high caliber blue chip style you know players. You know, Kyle Hamilton, safety from Georgia, who was you know everybody's darling. Seems like we've had these some of these kids forever. But uh, you know his rankings went through the roof once people really got a, a better look at him, and you'll you'll find that you know a lot of recruiting rankings revolve, and, and you probably know around camps and stuff like that. Hamilton just wasn't one of those those guys, 
you know, plays a little bit more and everyone sees, you know, how good he really is. Actually, you can't hold that ranking back. So, you know, besides him, we got uh, another safety and four star Litchfield to Javon, a physical athletic kid. Uh, I would, I, I would probably with all four defensive backs, I would probably have him rated as the lowest of them. And he's still a four star kid. And the other cornerback is uh, KJ Wallace, kid out of Georgia. So, Notre Dame really lining themselves up right now uh, in the secondary. And that's important when you think about where they were at this year or this time last year. You know, no cornerbacks took in the 2016 class, I believe. Uh, or, excuse me, the 2017 class. And then, uh, then all of a sudden, you know, here comes December. And we're starting to to see him come in. And it really wasn't until signing day when Notre Dame, I mean, when Notre Dame was able to grab uh, DJ Brown and Noah Boykin, uh, where we felt, you know, kind of secure. So at that point, it was, you know, Tariq Bracey and Joe Wilkins Jr. And, you know, Joe Wilkins is now, you know, a wide receiver. And Tariq Bracey, as good as he is now, no, no one was really sure. You know, he would really was considered the you know, down the a little farther down the ladder than uh, like a DJ Brown or Noah Boykin, especially. And yet we see Bracey out there just this last Saturday, um, second in the team in tackles. So it was, it was a huge, huge deal last year to get the kids that they got in the secondary. It was, it, it wasn't just a corner, you know, they didn't have a safe to that 2016 class or 2017 class excuse me had zero safeties zero cornerbacks so it was really important that they followed that up with two solid years and last year getting Derek Allen Paul Moala Houston Griffith you know and then Joe Wilkins Jr. Tariq Bracey DJ Brown Noah Boykin and then now you're able to move a guy like Joe Wilkins to wide receiver and why is that because in this class you get four more Litchfield to Javon, Kyle Hamilton, KJ Wallace, Isaiah Rutherford. It, it, this is the key to these, you know, to these recruiting classes right here is is stacking. You know, if if you will, you know that two year stack. What did you do? You know, and not just in the position, but the class in general. And particularly right now in the secondary, we had to stack. You know, absolutely, they had to do this, and and they've done a great job. I mean, an absolutely phenomenal job at stacking. Uh, in the secondary. So that all went down for this weekend. We, we really locked up our secondary there with Isaiah Rutherford. So the defense is looking, you know, looking sound. So now we're going to, I'm just going to go down and talk about uh, some of our commitments. Um, like I said, 19 of them right now are probably looking at a 21, 22 man class. Um, scholarships and i'll get to that in a minute could end up being a 23 24 man class with some preferred walk-ons and I'll, like i said i'll get to that in a second but go down the list but quarterback brendan clark you absolutely have to recruit quarterbacks every year every single year no matter what you think that you have on the roster you have to do it and the you know big reasons why are 
guys don't stick around. Quarterbacks do not stick around. They will leave. It's just the nature of the beast, you know, right now. And I know there was a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of stress talk on the message boards about quarterback back, you know, who they're going to get. And, you know, they end up kind of, you know, not having Brendan Clark fall in their lap per se. They really were, they really liked him, but uh, in a sense, he kind of fell into the lap a little bit. It was a, a commitment to Wake Forest at one point. And just uh, seeing some stuff that he's done this year, man, the kid can throw. He's athletic, kid can throw. Uh, dare I say, he reminds you a lot of Ian Book. Um, and I think right now that, that that's a very, very good thing. But, I mean, next year, you know, we'll get into this more in the next podcast, but Brandon Wimbush, you know, could be gone. So then, and Avery Davis is a running back now. I, I doubt you'll ever see him back at, back at quarterback. And then you have Phil Jerkovic right now, who's, we've seen just extremely limited action, but, you know, has all the hopes, you know, he has, <laughs> we have a lot of faith in Phil right now, I think, collectively as a fan base. But, you know, you need that other quarterback. You know, who's your third stringer? You know, you need that kid. So them getting Brendan Clark, this was not a year to skip a quarterback. And it was suggested as such by a lot of people that that uh, maybe maybe we don't need a quarterback this year. And that is false. That is absolutely false. You take a quarterback every single year. Now, running back is an t- entirely different situation. <laughs> you want to talk about some stress, I had it you know, completely for, for running backs. And, and I still do, you know, early on in the process, we just started seeing running backs drop left and right. I mean, a kid like Samson James, who was, he was a high four-star kid from the state of Indiana, ends up committing to Ohio State. In fact, he decommitted from Ohio State and he's at IU or committed to IU now. You had Kenny McIntosh, four-star kid down in Miami, who brother of Dion McIntosh? That one obviously wasn't going to happen. And my favorite, my probably my favorite recruit that I wanted the most was, you know, Cesare Malusi from Naples, Florida, committed to Clemson. And the story on on his commit on what happened with him was, you know, he had a official visit scheduled to Notre Dame in the spring, and Notre Dame, you know, refused his or they uh, canceled his official visit. Basically, they they kind of figured that he was going to commit to Notre Dame on his visit, and they were going to refuse it, is, is the story I have heard. And so, the, you know, then he, he goes to Clemson, visits, commits. Now, outside of his name, which is absolutely, just incredibly perfect. I, I'll, it's a podcast, so we'll just talk about it real quick. Cesare, first of all, Cesare Borgia, Naples, it's an Italian name, talking about the son of Pope Alexander VI, Catholic schools. I mean, I had stuff lined up for the next three to four years just based off of his name alone. Then you go and look at the film, and I loved what I saw. Again, this is another guy that I I saw him line up at fullback just to prove a point that he runs with power, but he had really good speed. He's a 6'1", 210 kid right now in high school really good back going to Clemson. I mean, it's not, not going chump change. Just a good back that, that Notre Dame basically, 
you know, kind of stiff-armed, which I, I just, it, none of it was making any sense to me. You know, you had D.I. McIntosh and C.J. Holmes gone. Josh Adams gone for this year, which didn't make a whole lot of difference, but you're going to have Dexter Williams gone next year. And then you got, you know, Tony Jones, who I, Tony Jones, I like a lot, but I don't, he's not a, you know, he's not a featured back. He's not a guy that, that you're going to be able to ride, you know, the entire game, whether not only is that not his style as a running back, his body just hasn't been able to hold up to it. He's, I mean, he's hurt again this year. So then you have two, two freshman running backs this year. And Jameer Smith and Sebo Flemister, and really we, we still don't really know what we have with those two. You know, but we start thinking about what has made Notre Dame good in the years that they've been good, 2015, 2017, and that now in 2018. And you know, it's been our running game. And not just our running game, it's been the fact that these guys can score at any moment. 98-yard runs. 80-yard runs, 64-yard touchdown runs. I mean, Josh Adams, C.J. Procise, just really putting in the work, you know, in 2015. Then, you know, last year, Josh Adams, you know, a little bit of sprinkling a little bit of Dexter. This year, it's all Dexter Williams with that home run threat. And that's all that's really left. So what's on the years that you've been really good, it's been because of the running game. And the running game has been really good because you've had guys who can break it big. And after this year, I think that really that starts to go away. I think Avery Davis has the capability as far as pure speed goes, but he's nothing in the same category as what CJ Procise was. You know, making his all his position changes over to to running back. You know he he could be coached and maybe get in that direction, but right now he is not there. So looking at who we have, you know, right now we have, you know, Kyron Williams is committed. You know, is he really a, you know, a, a long ball runner, you know, can he break the big one? And I'm not sure that he can. I think he's a really good running back. And, and the funny thing is, you know, that helmet he wears in high school and that number and he reminds me a lot of, you know, Mike Hart, um, you know, former Michigan running back. You know, I think he can break some, you know, 30, 40 yard runs here and there, but he's not, I don't, he's not the type of back that's going to break, you know, that long 70 yard touchdown run. And, you know, maybe that isn't important to some, but to me, it seems important because that's what we've been doing on the years that we've been winning. <laughs> so I, I, I would not like to deviate from the, you know, from that recipe. And right now, Notre Dame's not, I mean, that's it. You know, Kyron Williams is is probably the only running back they're going to they're gonna recruit. Um, you know, they, they talked to a few, you know, a few other guys. Um, you know, there was a kid, Julius Davis, he's committed, he was committed to Wisconsin and had been committed. That went through. I mean, but, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of these guys they were recruiting and talking to before Kyron committed. Uh, King DeRue. Uh, another kid, he's going to Purdue of all places. Um, and, you know, and there's a not a whole lot that they have offered that are that are still on the table. You know, Kenny McIntosh still is, but I, I promise you that'll never happen. And uh, Naquan Wright, another running back from my uh, from Miami, that's not happening either. So, you know, there 
this is that what we have is what we have is you know Kyron Williams. I you know things can obviously change come early signing day to the next one, but but right now you know it, you know Kyron's a, you know he's a good back. It's it's it remains to be seen how elite he can be, I, and I think that's what more or less what we're kind of looking for. He's got some strange rankings. I mean. He's a four-star on ESPN, but he's a three-star on the 24 Composite, three-star on Rivals. There's some disparity there about how good of a running back um, potentially he has. I haven't watched this film. I, I, I already told you what I thought. He remind, you know, reminds me of Mike Hart. I think that's a good running back. I think that's a guy that gets you yards. You know, that's a guy that can do some things for you. But, again, I'm still look, kind of looking for that long ball hitter. But, you know. You, you, you really never know. These kids in high school, they, they'll all break them against their high school competition. Well, all right, moving on. You know, there's no tight end commitments for tight end U. Um, but, and then what, which is fine. But uh, the wide receiver recruiting has been actually pretty, pretty strange this year too as well. And one of the big things is people were, it was, kids were starting to get a little nervous about what was going on in their name. Brandon Wimbush having accuracy issues. We we saw with, with Equinemia Say Brown last year that just some general unhappiness that, you know, you know, throw me the ball, get it to me. You know, get it the ball into a position where I'm not gonna get killed. Now that Ian's, you know, just you know, hitting them, things might change a little bit, but it's kind of too late in the process for these guys to start, you know, to, to be changing their minds. And Notre Dame's already been no filling into their spot. So, you know, wide receiver, they got they got two kids right now, Cam Hart from New Jersey and Kendall Abdur Rahman, or Rockman, uh, from Illinois. And the funny thing about that is, is, you know, T.J. Sheffield, four-star kid from Tennessee, was committed, and Notre Dame ended up, he commits without really Notre Dame knowing. Everyone knows the story. They said, hey, man, we're, we're not, we can't accept your commitment at this time. And then so he quote unquote decommits, and they the basically story that he got was that you know they were they were full, <laughs> and then it was in, a month later, uh, Abdul Rockman commits to Notre Dame. So they're sitting there, pretty speedy kids, uh, but uh, I mean the, the not your typical wide receiver that we had seen in Notre Dame over the last few years. You know, right now we're sitting here with some really tall. Uh, you know, some really tall wideouts. These guys aren't really in that mold. Um, and, you know, moving forward, you know, is, is Miles Boykin come back next year? Chris Finke, you know, Chase Claypool, Javon McKinley. You, you really could have, you know, four, more, four guys that are scheduled to come back. You know, out of those four, you know, maybe only one, Finke, comes back for another year. You know, Boykin could be gone. Claypool could be gone. McKinley most definitely will be gone. But uh, I, you know, that that that's a could be. You know, is Chase Claypool NFL ready? Probably not. Would he make the jump? He could. I don't know. What I'm saying is, you're trying to backfill here <coughs> with some players. You got some young guys like Kevin Austin right now. who's seen a lot of playing time, and we really haven't seen anything else from our speedsters and Braden Lindsay and Lauren Skies. And again, those are two smaller framed individuals. Micah Jones has got some, got some size. 
so like your true number ones, um, you know, have kind of passed, been passed along this year. That, you know, like a Garrett Wilson, you know, and that, and they don't necessarily have to be six four to be like a number one wide receiver. But what I'm saying is, a guy like a Joe Nada, Garrett Wilson, um, and Cal Ford, he's not committed anywhere right now, but but uh, he's not going to commit to Notre Dame. Uh, guys like that, that, that that they were recruiting, you know, isn't going to happen. So they're kind of rebuilding themselves a little bit there at wide receiver, basically because of how inaccurate we had been in the passing game last year and the first three games of this year. And really it boils down to what happened last year. You know, the fact that, you know, if Brandon Wimbush is your starter, he would have, you know, another year of eligibility next year. And, you know, that affects kids because they're thinking that they're going to play right away. They want a quarterback who's accurate. Can't blame them. Um, along the offensive line, this is running a little longer than I wanted to, but <clears throat> so we'll speed this up. Along the offensive line, Notre Dame's knocking it out uh, once again. Uh, Zeke Carell, big-time recruit from the state of Ohio, uh, and they told him they like him at center. Now, we got a, a kid, Luke Jones, last year, a big offensive guard from Arkansas, and he's seen time at center, at least, you know, um, that's where they're starting him out at. He hadn't had any game action, I don't believe, this year at all. Um, but, you know, Notre Dame is not at a loss for recruiting quality offensive linemen. Uh, Andrew Kristoffick is a kid at tackle that everyone loves. One of those kids that had just like a three-star rating, but everybody, he had an offer sheet a mile long. He gets his rating bumped up. Um you know, and he's looking, you know, really, really good. Like Quinn Carroll, who's, who might be our top rate recruiter, I'd, I'd have to double check. Uh, lineman from, you know, Minnesota. He might be more of a guard, uh, same as, uh, you know, John Olmstead. Um, and Notre Dame's probably wanting to add two more kids to this class. And you're one of them. For sure, you know, a defensive end and then but a uh, offensive lineman. So um, we'll talk about that here in just a few minutes. Uh, but they're really they're doing a good job there. Uh, along the defensive front, they did a knockout job, especially this spring. Getting commitments, Jacob Lacey, Hunter Spears, a defensive tackle, that defensive end, uh, Howard Cross and, and Nana Asafa Mensa, which was just a huge, huge coup uh, for Notre Dame. They really did well up front. The success that you're seeing right now with our defensive line on the field, you're feeling it in recruiting right now because they're they're recruiting up to their level. You know, it, it's took a while. Um, you know, we've we we had a good class before. You know, good class before, but they're really starting to stack it up. Last year's class, you know, getting the Admiola twins and uh, Jamie and Franklin, who's been hurt. I mean, I've seen them, but you know, they're adding all the staff guys like. You know, Myron Tagovolo, uh, <laughs> Myron Tagovolo Mosa, who was hurt this year, let's call him MTA, and uh, you know Kurt Hinnish, guys that, they, that kind of by the wayside a little bit. Uh, you know, they stepped up. You know, their freshman year. Uh, you know, and Darnell Ewell kind of fell off, and he, who was our best defensive line recruit um, from that class, which was the 2016 class. And, uh, or excuse me, the 2017 class. But, uh, you know, he's got moved over to offensive guard. So who knows what his future, you know, is in store. But they really did a bang-up job defensive line. I mean, that 
Nana was a huge win, huge win. You know, he, he just, he brings so much with his pass rush skills. Uh, he's just a different body type. He's a different athlete. You know, Notre Dame is just not, he's, I mean, he is a mature man out there. Um, you know, a linebacker, they added a couple more kids so far in this class. Uh, Jack Kaiser from here in Indiana and then uh, Osea Equinu. Uh, Equinu is just one of those athletic type, I mean, just can fly to the ball, has a lot of power. I mean, he's really ripped. You see pictures of him, man. It looks like that kid has like, you know, a half percent of body fat. You know, but Jack Kaiser's a little bit of a head scratcher, but he was a guy that Clark Lee wanted. And I think when you're doing the things that Clark Lee is doing right now as a coordinator, I, you just kind of defer to their judgment. There's something that he sees there. Um, it, it It's still a, kind of a head scratcher because of the, the class size that we're, we're looking at here because of the big 27-man class that we had last year and really not a whole lot leaving um, that we know about. Uh, it, it thought they could have picked and choose a little more. Um, you know, they, they haven't recruited a ro- rover right now, and that's probably a good thing because they're really stocked along. You know, a big question right now is linebacker depth, but a lot of that's just because kids, the guys are young. You know, a guy like Bo Bauer, um, Jack Lamb, you know, we've been seeing Shane Simon a little bit more this season, um, you know, getting playing time as a freshman. Uh, then you got Jeremiah Wosu-Koromora, um, you know, Jordan Gilmarquis. You got, you got some guys behind the guys right now. And, you know, right now that wouldn't be the greatest thing in the world. But next year you could see a huge improvement in all these guys. Um, and, again, we'll talk about more about that in the next podcast, about where you could see these guys moving around on the roster. Um, you know, so I, it's a pretty solid class right now. I think it's ranked like maybe 11th or 12th, uh, according to the 24 seven composite. And it's, it's, you know, everyone's looking for that top five class, but you're probably, you're not going to get that this year with a limited numbers. You know, I really think they're going to add two more guys and the most likely commits would probably be Isaiah Foskey, who is a, who was rated as a four-star tight end. Um, but Notre Dame likes him at defensive end. Ohio State likes him at tight end. Michigan likes him at tight end. There's a lot of other schools that like him, like him at defensive end. He's he's from uh, De La Salle High School. They're out there in California. It's a, it's a big-time program. He's doing a really good job there at defensive end, and he's open to that change. So, you know, he's a guy that could add to this class for sure, but he's also a guy that I think is a signing day, a normal signing day, February um, kind of commit. So, it's nothing that's set in stone or nothing that's close to being locked in uh, to getting him. And then, um, you know, they'd like to get another offensive lineman. They really liked uh, Walter Rouse. He ended up committing to Stanford. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, they got another kid, uh, and I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, I'm, I'm sure. But uh, Enoch Vimahi, Vimahi. Uh, kid from Hawaii, um, he's rated higher than Quinn Carroll. He, he would be the highest rated uh, Notre Dame offensive lineman in this class. So um, they really like him. He he really likes Notre Dame. I, he visited during the Michigan game. I, I think it's a there's a lot of good fits there. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you just heard me the other day preach about let's get more Polynesian kids. This would be it. <laughs> 
Um, I have no idea what kind of um, time frame that he's looking at. Yeah, you know, Utah's in the mix, USC's in the mix, uh, Oklahoma's in the mix. Uh, it's, you know, he's kind of all over there. There's some crystal ball predictions that's like 50%, you know, Notre Dame. But there's only been, but the last one had been, I think, like USC. So, you know, fighting USC for the kid from Hawaii is just kind of a theme. Uh, not sure why BYU isn't in that mix um, anymore. And doesn't seem like Utah quite is is as much. Uh, but he's definitely, you know, a guy 6'4", 281, really athletic. He's a, he's a definite tackle, I think. Um, you know, number one player out of the state of Hawaii. Just uh, the, the Brian, send Brian Polian. I mean, he, Brian Polian can't teach a kickoff uh, coverage, but he can recruit kids from Hawaii. So if, you, if you're going to do anything before you fire Polian, go get this kid. And, you know, that's really it. You know, you're two guys. Now you're saying, wait, the 19, you said 22 to 23 maybe, and that would two would only bring us 21. Well, that's as far as scholarship players go. Right now, they're also looking to add a kicker. And, you know, it's – they they really want, you know, somebody else – they want two kickers on the roster. They got Jonathan Doerr, Justin Yoon's gone after this year. But uh, Harrison Leonard, who is a three-star kicker. I mean, which if you're rated as a three-star as a kicker, means you're pretty damn good. I think he might be like the second or third-ranked kicker in the country. Um, but he's out of Connecticut and loves Notre Dame, has visited there. Um, and many feel that he, you know, if he gets offered, you know, a spot, he'll take it. Now, here's the thing. The spot would be, a preferred walk-on spot would not be a, a, a scholarship spot. And I, I get the word kind of is that, that he'll definitely take it. You know, that's offered to him. That's a place that he noted. He wants to be at Notre Dame. So there's one. And then one that no one will probably talk about. And, and you may not know anything about it until close to signing day. And I'm not talking about the one in December. I'm talking about the one in February is, a long snapper. Now, I, I know that seems silly, but I, I think that's enough. It's another position they could add without us using a scholarship, be like a preferred walk on, which they'll probably add, you know, I would say a grand total of four or five preferred walk ons, anyways. But the one that interests me the most would be a guy, would be like a long snapper. John Shannon, uh, you know, he'll be a senior next year and he'll have another year of eligibility as a fifth year. And he's on scholarship right now. Um, but, uh, you know, who do they have to backfill? Right now on the depth chart, it's a, it's a walk-on kid named Michael Vinson. Um, you know, so do they want to go on that route? They, Notre Dame is not shy with, with bringing on lawn snappers. And we've had some good ones over the years. I mean, and John Shannon has been a really good lawn snapper. Most of you that would recognize his name right now just remember, know one thing, and that was the, the – uh, the snap against Virginia Tech. But besides that, he's been snapping for a long time. You don't hear his name. There's a reason why. So I think that's something to look at. It's not as sexy as everything else. Uh, it's not like going after like a five-star running back or anything like that. But I think a, another preferred walk-on at long snapper um, would be – would give you that, you know, that extra guy in the class. So you add two, 
let's just say you add Foskey and you add uh, Enoch Kid. You know, you're up to 21. Add a kicker, it's 22. Long snapper, 23. So you could be on a 23-man class with that set. Because, you know, the other preferred walk-ons, you don't really add into that mix. But those kind of kids, the long snappers and the and the kickers, they're rated. Um, and, you know, they don't get thrown into that, that formula. <laughs> if, all, if all that makes sense. So that's really what they're looking at. I mean, and all the kids that are committed now are have said that they're going to sign in December. So there's, doesn't see there's no drama. There's a lot like last year where there, there's no real rumors about a kid doing this or doing that. They're just, they're all pretty well locked in. Uh, and it's a solid class. It's a good group. They got their work cut out for them. Uh, I, I, you, you still don't know what's going to go on with like a kid like Foskey. So if they really want to add another offensive lineman, another defensive lineman, they're, you know, their numbers are dwindling down and as far as their targets are concerned. Um, but, you know, once December happens and it, everyone signs, then you really know who's out in the field too. You know, it, it's not like you have to lock somebody up before December. You know, what, what you'll end up having is a, a renewed focus, which we saw last year, which was, which was a huge help in getting guys like DJ Brown and Noah Boykin is that all these guys, not only they're, you got all these guys signing another name. You got all these other kids signing, you know, all over the country. So all these guys are going off the market. So then all of a sudden you got this more focused group of recruits that you can target. And it makes it easier to, to identify, but also harder at the same time because coaches elsewhere are doing the same thing. So it's definitely going to be interesting to watch. Look, it's it's been a quiet, quiet recruiting part of the – football season and for good reason and which isn't which is nice it's nice not to have to worry about you know a lot you know what's going on and like i said a lot of this all this really has to do with the early signing period and the way the time tables have changed and i I think it's a good thing um maybe it won't be so good uh i i don't know how it couldn't be good i know there's some coaches that complain about it but it's really good for everybody involved um so I'm just going to leave it there. The next podcast, which I'm hoping to record tomorrow night, um, but I may not post. I'll, we'll, I'll see about when I'm going to post it. I don't kind of want to break it up between the other podcasts that Wes and Martin are doing. But we'll really dive in more into um, like the scholarship chart and position changes um, and you know kind of all sorts of stuff, how it relates to recruiting, um, what their name's doing well, what they're not doing well. And, you know, just some general good stuff. So stick around for that. Hope I didn't bore the crap out of you. Sorry about the sound quality, but it is what it is. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks. Go Irish.